Welcome back to Troubled, a podcast by survivors of institutional abuse for survivors and the general public. So in a taking with the tune of season two, these are recordings that were stuck in the vault of me having a mental health collapse just with advocacy in general and poverty and all the joys of being completely isolated off grid on a farm without electricity. And also after the Texas blackout, I just, it's been a minute, my technology it's not really good. And uh, so yeah, so enjoy everything that you have been deprived of. This was a two hour video uh, between your three troubled hosts, myself, Chanel Marais and Amanda Householder. We shot this when I was staying at a motel during the Texas blackout uh, so that I did have Wi-Fi. And there is a video version. It's just that me editing video has been a lot more fun, uh, sarcasm intended, than me editing audio. Let us know if you want the video version and we'll pop that one up on YouTube. Other words, this is that. Uh, there will be a lot of links in the description, including a GoFundMe for Maggie Drew, who broke her back at Circle of Hope when she was a kid and desperately needs surgery. But the medical system in the United States means that we need to prove that she's broken enough to get fixed. So check for that link. Also, Shelva D. Thomas, the Masters Ranch mom uh, that went undercover as a staffer and is leading the support for parents for the Missouri legislation, HB 557 and 560. If you're a Masters Ranch survivor or a parent who wants to get involved, definitely check out her website, www.deersdreams.com. And so this is a chat update looking at Circle of Hope and Agape. For everybody who's keeping up in real time, the HP 557 and 560 in Missouri, technically, I guess they passed the Senate, but they're going to a hearing and then hopefully the final vote. It could be this week. It could be next week. We only get 24 hours notice, so we'll let you know when we know. And if you're also following in real time, this week, Thursday, April 29th, my birthday is the one-year anniversary of the murder of Cornelius Fredericks, 16-year-old foster child at Lakeside Academy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where he was restrained in the cafeteria during lunch in front of his peers to death for throwing a sandwich. To this day, there is no justice in this situation. There will be a virtual meeting and memorial this Thursday, April 29th. We do invite you all to be there. We'll be editing and updating the website so that you have all links and all information to that. And we desperately hope that you will join us on social media and calling in and being as proactive as possible to demand justice for Cornelius Frederick. There will also be a specific one-year anniversary expose, all the things that the major media just won't cover in this situation, and some allegations that we hope will help to reignite traction here. But we really need your support. The only reason that those misdemeanor measly charges were ever filed, even though they haven't gone anywhere in the first place, was because you guys, literally like people listening to this, our support system called from all over the world, from Denmark, Ireland, all over the world to Little Kalamazoo, Michigan, and demanded that the prosecutor charge people. So he gave us three, and it's been a year, and where are those things going? And in reality, this isn't, it isn't about these staffers, these community members that get all caught up in this cycle of trauma and this cult mentality. It's the sequel executives. It's Altamont Capital. These are the people responsible. And for the record, they were physically 
really there. So they're absolutely responsible. We hope you'll tune in Thursday, both for the new podcast, the virtual memorial, and to really just hop on all the social medias, hashtag justice for Cornelius. And please, please, please help us trigger some sort of action. We're committed if it takes 10 years to get impact legislation in his name, then then we're in it for the long haul. And there's a lot of action items and things that we'll be doing nationally and locally in Kalamazoo. And we'll be announcing and dropping all of that during the virtual memorial. So we'll see you then. And without further ado, obviously trigger and content warning a little late on that for everything that we do. But here's Amanda Householder and Chanel Marais from Circle of Hope. And you know, me. Welcome to the uh, Miranda Chanel. Um, that's us <laughs> on the channel. Check over here with the super <laughs> updates on Circle of Hope with Amanda Householder and Chanel Mar from across the pond. Chanel Marai. Let me just put that. I know. <laughs> Did I call you Chanel Mar? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm American. I don't know. Her face. <laughs> oh, heads up. This is not for children. You guys, we're going to be chain smoking cigarettes and talking about things that happen to children and things that happen to us in childhood. So it's not appropriate for children. The irony. So <laughs> yeah, unless you're living it, you can't hear it. Oh, right. The fun. Okay. So we're like, I know that we've done updates in a lot of places, but we definitely wanted to make sure that all the circle of hope allies are caught up. Where should we start, Amanda? Like, where do you think some of, especially with the YouTube, this is available on Exposing Circle of Hope's YouTube. Where do you think they left off if they haven't been stalking you? Well, I definitely have not updated them about like the 20, I think it was in August, August, September, the 25 girls being removed. They had a whole like stat team come in and take all the girls out, do a huge investigation. And then honestly, not long after that, they decided to close down due to the corrupt sheriff's department and cps and all that which is quite funny because we all know how long it took us to get the sheriff's department to do anything even cps so that's a whole conversation about the sheriff's department i didn't know we were going to start off with how corrupt (laughs) county is but sure well i mean that's basically what they said like not even a i want to say like a month later probably a couple of weeks actually (laughs) so them how to do those rifle shootings and stuff like that as well so how can they be so corrupt when he was working with them at some point that's the thing like it took us how long to even get them to help like since 2007 people have been trying so it's like yeah if they're corrupt they're on your side not not our side it took (laughs) us going viral to even get notice from the sheriff's department for them to even be like oh maybe we should do something about this (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and uh so if people didn't know that circle of hope closed maybe they don't know how we know that the cedar county is corrupt like your dad said he's right they are corrupt as shit um yeah what was that casey star article about the sheriffs in lioness how robert grace and julio sandoval both work for adopte and their deputies on the cedar county sheriff's department well and then the funny well not funny but obviously more ironic part is Julio Sandoval also runs a transport agency and transport kids to Agape on top of that. So it's like, hmm. But, you know, according to Jim Bob McCrary, <laughs> if we thought that they were corrupt and didn't want to hear us because of the ties, we're wrong. We'd be but, wrong. You know. Yeah, that's a quotation from the uh, another update, uh, the Dateline NBC special on Circle of Hope, Broken Circle. I thought I misheard that quote from him. 
like I clipped it up <laughs> for TikTok. I was like, yeah, they said they're corrupt. And then I was like, wait, hold on. He just double negatived me and I was confused. Well, see, my thing, my response to that is like, okay, well, if we're wrong and there's no no corruption there, then why was Robert Grace sitting in on the incident reports for right. Agape people, CPS, Robert Grace there? That's not, that's not okay. Right. And so if people want to dig into that, Casey Starr, a shout out to Judy Thomas and Laura and everybody on that team. They interviewed multiple Agape kids who were finally interviewed you know, for these claims of abuse and the sheriff was there, but the sheriff is staff at Agape. So it's actually horrible to read their stories of they're like, I'm going to tell them the truth. We're all going to get out of here. And then as soon as they walk in the room, oops, there he is. And they, and so and they, they said, they were like, I wasn't, I wasn't brave enough to tell the truth. He was in the room. What was I going to do? Yeah. But we're wrong. You know, there's, there's no corruption there. Like seriously, like that should be in your one-on-one handbook of rules like that. No. And Circle of Hope as well, those are the same sheriffs that were investigating Circle of Hope. Like, how did we expect them to investigate Circle of Hope? <laughs> investigating, yeah. Yeah. God's sake, America. Sorry. Hey, shush, colonizer. We've had a lot of conversations about how corrupt <laughs> your system is as well. Yeah, I'm not saying fucking that over the ponds is very, um, like, butterflies, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, the corruption element's crazy. I don't know if it's jumping around, but what about that Ben Williams huge bomb that he dropped about the Graves brothers? Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, on top of all of that, he he clarified stuff we already know, but we never had, like, someone come out and publicly say that basically Robert Graves had Agape hire his brother, David Graves, on staff to get away from molestation charges against his sister that he was grooming for since he at the time she was seven until she was 16 he finally raped her at 16 and so when she went to the church the pastor of the church that she was a part of they basically told robert and robert's like come here this is a family matter and agape hired him on so like they knowingly hire well and even they knowingly hire pedophiles. They really do. And look at the family. We know how that. Yeah. There's a reason they're hiring pedophiles. It's a safe space for predatory relationships with children. I mean, and they span. So like Ron Sheldon was a predator at Circle of Hope and he also worked at Agape, right? Yeah. They hired him after and they knew about it. Agape knew what he did, ma'am. And I want to say one of the, I want to say Shelby, but I'm probably getting the name wrong. Ma'am and another lady from Agape came over when it happened and like consolidated with Naomi and stuff like that. So like they knew, they knew what went down and there's no way they can say they didn't because after I left, well, it all went down on my way to Florida with my grandma and my parents called me telling me that Agape was helping them handle it. So like I knew about that, but now I'm finding out that no ma'am and another lady from Agape came over during that time and were there. So they knew what happened. There's even allegations that have recently really hit the surface about Brian Clemenson himself, who runs Agape, raping young boys in his care, right? Yeah, we've had a couple of boys come forward and say that. If even if they like <laughs> like Matt Lawson, he was he was beaten by him and he was disabled. Like even if he wants to say, oh, I never did that. No, you fucking did shit like that. You were, yeah, 
Yeah. And these statements have been submitted to the state of Missouri because, you know, following Circle of Hope closing, and especially because of the Casey Stars coverage, we have the fantastic representative Carrie Engel and Rudy V as well. I mispronounce every name, but, you know, drafting <laughs> HB 557 and 560. Those hearings were incredible. And so those comments we're making about these rape allegations are in these testimonies. And so this is public knowledge at this point. Maybe we should roll something. <laughs> so we, 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 we didn't do give you proof of anything, but um, hold on. What should we roll first? Should we do, what do you guys want? The Dateline preview, the hearings? Should we do the Ben Williams video? I mean, yeah, it's really a five minute long video, but. I think it's worth hearing. Okay. All right. So to make sure that we don't get sued for saying people rape children, um, let's play the five minute Ben. Will- so also for people who aren't seeing this as a video, Ben Williams's dad ran Hepzibah house. Ben is the male Amanda. Um, and oddly enough, she was talking to Dr. Phil about doing that special before Ben did it, but they wanted Boyd and Stephanie to participate and they wouldn't. Obviously they didn't care when Ben and, the Hepzibah house girls came forward really greatly glad for that. It's weird. Yeah. It's Dr. Phil. So I don't know. Yeah. The <laughs> He's the devil, but he just wants to seem like the good guy. I think he did Hepzibah house to make it seem like, Oh, I know what abusive is. And this is abusive and turnabout ranch is fine. Even though I've got like what clay brewer in jail for life for life because of what I did. So yeah. Sorry, ADHD jump round roll the tape, Amanda. <laughs> Sorry, we're learning technology we're very excited very <laughs> proud of ourselves okay. can you see it yes. <laughs> which hi my name is ben williams um some of you will recognize me remember me from uh the dr phil show or uh, the fact that i was involved in helping shut down uh, the girls home my father founded and directed hepzibah house I have made the decision to do this video. I apologize for the setting. I'm currently very ill with bacterial pneumonia um, uh, as a result of being a long hauler from COVID from five months ago. Um, and I just wanted to get this on record. I believe the time's right. I've been waiting and praying. And I believe the time is right to reveal this information. Uh, many know in this group, uh, Robert Graves is heavily involved in Agape. And very involved and he's also a sheriff's deputy and and he has used his uh you know connections to protect agape and, and and pretty much everybody knows that um but what i want to give you today is solid information that has been shared to me directly by robert's brother dave graves see dave and i were friends for um about four years and that friendship came to an end when it finally came to a head. Dave used to talk about Agape all the time, about being on staff, about his brother, about his family. Um, and over time, Dave began to, I guess, trust trust me. And he's just started talking very openly. And through conversations toward the end of our friendship, uh, it came out, Dave admitted to me that he was uh, a pornography addict and uh, started when he was a young boy uh, to the point where Dave actually was, you know, pretty messed up guy. But what I want to share to you today is Dave was in a blended home and his stepsister 
um, when he was a teenager, was seven years old, and he began to groom her and molest her on a continuous basis from age seven to 16. When she turned 16, Dave then actually had sexual intercourse with her. Now, the sad part of this story is, is the Graves family was very aware of the situation. And so was uh, their church. It's such a sad story. The victim was actually coerced and talked into by the family to uh, just tell the police it was a one-time incident. And it never came out that he had actually molested her her entire growing up years. Dave admitted to me that he's a child molester. He admitted to me that he likes little girls. Dave is a pervert. And David Graves was protected by his brother Robert and his mom and his dad. His family protected him. And one of the ways they protected him is they sent him to be on staff at Agape. Everybody knew about this. Now, if this one example that I know personally, how many more others are there where Agape has known about things and kept it covered and, and quiet and protected? Now, the reason why you'll never hear about this in court is because, unfortunately, the statute of limitations has, has occurred. And Dave, uh, we, you know, attempts were made, but unfortunately, the statute of limitations so Dave has gotten by with this, so to speak, but in many ways he's not. And I just wanted officially on record, I have nothing to lose. If I die today, I get to both be with Jesus. And with my health, I wanted to get it on record. Um, Dave is not a good guy. He's not repentant in any way. And his family to this day is still protecting him and coddling him. And Dave is a pervert. So as we begin to see the assault against agape it's good war needs to be declared against agape agape is a uh just like all these other um you know christian uh reform schools is another uh, bastion of abuse abuse of power abuse physical abuse mental abuse spiritual abuse and i've heard story after story now i personally have not been there but i wanted to give um, and I've been aware of Agape for years, um, and I've talked to so many um, people that have been there. And I just wanted to share and get this on record of my personal conversations with Dave. He talked about Agape being on staff there a lot and the boys. Um, and just so it's on record, Dave actually likes boys too. Uh, as Dave admitted to me that he has actually had sexual intercourse with men. So I just feel it's a time to get this on record. It's grievous, it's sad, but Agape needs to close. It's time for Agape to close, and all those involved in leadership, and all those staff members that have not uh, condemned and walked away, they need to be held accountable for their actions and what they've done. My name is Ben Williams, and I officially want this on record. Have a blessed day. Oh. Jesus, man. Are you serious? How can that actually be allowed? People in that high authority, you know, it's a statute of limitations, but if you get so many people saying that one person, there must be something that we can do. 
I mean, this is genuinely insane because as we knew prior, but everybody found out in the Dateline special, um, Broken Circle, there, there have been allegations of abuse and some that are substantiated on Circle of Hope since 2018, but because they don't fall under the purview of any state or CPS regulation or oversight, there's really nothing that can, that blows my mind because in the normal world as a parent, we're all parents. I look at those weird like watchdog websites to see where the perverts are. And I thought they weren't allowed near schools and things like that. But because these aren't really schools, they're just people's dungeons of torture. I guess it doesn't matter that they're it's almost like they've created a safe space for pedophiles. It just it just it just gobsmacks me that they're allowed to and they're allowed to work around kids when this has happened or because no one's reported it. So if there's so many people that report it, that's, that's happened to them, something should be able to be done, personally, even if the statute of limitations, you know what I mean? It shouldn't matter. Well, we when only know about the sister. We don't know about more with David, but I completely agree. Like, well, I, I honestly, even though, like, I don't think he should be around, even with one, I don't think he should be around kids. Yeah, I agree. If someone's um, grooming and grooming, then, yeah. right, and then raping children, I don't want them around any children ever. But this is their safe space, you know. I mean, it's not just one guy. And per your point yeah. about the reports, it's like if Graves and the sheriffs are squashing this shit, how do we even know how many people have reported this? People higher than the sheriffs in humansville isn't there people higher than them so if it it so they're not the ones that are in charge it's the people that's higher so if that report comes i think i think this family's from a different state i don't think they're from missouri and so it wouldn't be missouri that um handled it in the first case it was like a different uh, not country state it's not like cedar county knew about this instant it's a different county that would know about this but the thing is, they hired him to cover it up. Yeah, so, it's disgusting. And it's his brother who is a deputy for Cedar County who helped cover it up. So Who works at Agape. Who works at Agape as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we don't have to just look at the David Graves situation. I mean, you can look at the Boyd Householder situation. You know, they had these allegations out there that have been reviewed in 2018. And it wasn't until, like, y'all went ape shit that they shuttered only a few months ago. Exactly. So, I mean, that's why the new Missouri hotline is no longer going to be funneling these accusations to the local sheriffs. It's going to be going to a completely outside group for evaluation. I, w- I would cool. love if they would make public all the old allegations because when we were in Missouri, all those agape guys from the 90s said that they re- made reports in the 90s. Well, yeah, that's the thing. But also some of the agape guys that were there in the 90s were there when they left Washington to escape these allegations on top of that. So like, we also have people that can back it up and also back up the fact that they moved states to get away from allegations before. Correct me if I'm wrong, weren't some some of the reasons why they wound up in Missouri is they were affiliated with a known pedophile pastor in California as well? I think that's why they left Stockton, California mm-hmm. to go to Washington. So they're running from their pedophile relationships from California to Washington, running from Washington to Missouri when the police start to investigate their abusive tactics in Washington. And they've been able to sit in Missouri with no regulation oversight or checks or balances for 30 years. 
I would say about 20 years in Missouri because they were like in Stockton, California and Washington for like 10 years between the two. When did they get to Missouri? Wasn't it the 90s? Yeah, it was like 98, 1998. Oh, I'm an 80s baby and I'm so used to everything being so far away that apparently the 90s aren't that bad. Like, that's good. Okay, (laughs) it's only... But still, no, they moved there. And there's articles from, I want to say it was KY3 News that uh, Jim Clemenson said once the state of Missouri gets regulations, they'll up and leave. So they're known for that. And they're not afraid to hide that part either. So why would you up and leave unless there's actual abuse happening? Mm-hmm. I just think it's so crazy. They can just go from one state to another state. Like like nothing's happened. I just can't get my head around there. Like in England... No, you would not. You cannot run from the police in England. It's just, it's also, it's a smaller country. Come on, like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> you can't go from one county. You shouldn't be allowed to, like, leave one because you have to have paperwork. You, In order to buy another building and stuff, you have to have paperwork. So there's no way that that should be allowed. Like, once your name hop, like pops up, you should, it shouldn't, yeah, no. Yeah, because they're not registering as a school, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It doesn't even trigger any red flags. It's the same thing. Like I can go rape kids and then go buy a farm in another state like that, you know. Can't leave that state until the investigation's finished. With I don't think they should be able to leave the state at all. David Bosley, David yeah. Bosley in Mass Branch, he left. He had the one in Missouri first, and then he oh. opened the one in Washington, and that one got shut down. And he just went back to the one he had in Missouri. No repercussions or anything like that. He was just allowed to leave. Yeah. That's insane. Because that situation, so this is what's blown my mind since the whole COVID thing. We've had like, what, like five uprising, like full campus uprisings at these programs. And Masters was one of the craziest because, I mean, with Lakeside, they rose up because they murdered Cornelius in front of them, right? Mingus Mountain, uh, they were trying to escape a COVID outbreak, the Ohio, same. But with Masters, they removed those eight kids, CPS said publicly, because of a sexual molestation charge on a staff member. And they removed eight of the eight children. So not just one kid was involved. They removed eight boys. And then the other 30 something boys, when they realized CPS wasn't coming for them, they surrounded the entire staff in a building until CPS came and rescued them. And then Bosley's making live YouTube videos while this is happening this summer being like, they're out to soil my good name. And it's yeah. like, it's for fucking child molestation. Like this isn't, we were too hard on the kids. We made them eat frozen stuff and recite Bible verses on a wall. This is, you were molesting little boys, not necessarily saying David Bosley. No, it. one of his staff. It was yeah, one of his no, staff. It was yeah. happening under his care. He is the head. And, uh, and allegedly they knew about it because when I was reading about the incident a part of the incident that CPS was investigating, uh, one staff member had attacked another staff member. Like, so it sounds like it, it just sounds insane. Like I can't even imagine what was actually happening, but then all those parents got their kids back from CPS and drove them to Missouri. Yeah. Well, one, one mother didn't, she had no control over that, but she did get her son out. So yeah. One that's in Shelvis testimony. Yeah. Yeah. God bless Shelva. Love her. If you're listening or watching this and you don't know who Shelva D. Thomas is, uh, she's a mother who ended up going to master's ranch for a week. Her hearing, uh, her testimony at the hearing is on troubled YouTube and 
Her website is www.deersdream.com. So we'll link it, but (laughs) she drove all the way through the night from Texas to Missouri for five minutes of testimony before the Missouri house. And really shitty snowy weather. Really shitty snowy weather. Yeah, she like she touched base with me a couple times because we I was really worried about that. I know what it's like to drive all night <laughs> from Texas to Missouri. <laughs> oh God, right? Yeah, no. Ugh. It's yeah. no fun. So good for her. Her testimony is horrifying. I mean, it just confirms from a parent and adult perspective. She witnessed a kid have a nail shot into his eye and left on a couch for two days crying while they called him, you know, what Chanel calls cigarettes in England and told him to stop being such a faker. Like that's insane. And that's Bosley. And I love it because, uh, God, we could have a whole episode on the Bosley effect. Everyone who's met David Bosley that I know can't say anything. I mean, Amanda yourself, you've said like, he treated you good. You know, he was a pod like compared to the other monsters. Colton says the same thing. He went out of his way to make sure that I didn't feel alone at Agape. Like his daughter, he made his daughter hang out with me. And the funniest thing is we didn't get along, but it was, it was nice knowing that he's like, no, make sure you can hang out with her like all the time. And so like, he had a positive impact on my life. So it's just weird hearing all this shit and being like, are you kidding me? Like, like what, at what point does a good, good person go bad? Like, or maybe he just wasn't good, but he was fired at Agape for not wanting to treat the kids like that. So it's like, well, you know, um, I think he's a more sophisticated cult leader than some of the others that we're dealing with. Yep. You know, hard as well to read. You know what I mean? Sometimes they just they've been acting in such a way for so long that they know how to fool everybody. You know what well, I mean? The thing is, like, not one agape student from the time he was there as a staff can tell you any story about him that's bad. Mm-hmm. Not one. So, like, he he uh, agape. He was a decent person, but at what point did that break in his brain or whatever? I wonder. Um comparatively he i think i think the way that he does his programming is different than agape agape is like an incredibly physically brutal like the story with colton and those guys where they just restrained them and brian clemenson and others went around kicking them in the ribs and punching them in the faces for god knows how long that's a pretty extreme like physicality i think bosley is more sophisticated i think that I don't think they go around roundhouse kicking like tilt whirls no. with the kids there. They make them shit in barns. They don't get the medical help when their shoulders are dislocated or there's nails in their fucking eyes. Yeah. You know, and they still break the kids just in a different way. You know, they didn't roundhouse kick kids at my program when I was there in the nineties, they did, but not when I was there, but the leaders that we had, um, I told you this, like Mike Argyros is a really smiley, jolly kind of a guy. And, you know, he, he was always the guy who pulled you off the wall or pulled you out of isolation. And so it's almost like, like I definitely wanted him to like have my back and see me in a positive way, but it was still Mike Argyros running the school. He's still the one who chose to put you in isolation for three months, you know, but none of us have anything bad to say about Mike Argyros either. It's like, I hugged him last time I saw him. Yeah. 
but he's still the head of the school, Bosley. And the same with Jim Clemenson. There's a lot of kids that will back Jim Clemenson up saying he's a good guy. And it's like, no, he sat up there and lo- allowed this stuff to happen way too for way too long. He even left a fucking state to, or two states to get away from shit. So it's like, no, just because they're up in their office and pretend they, they don't know, they fucking know. They know what's going on. But per your point of jumping state, so I, I'm really concerned about masters. They just bought another property. So with them continuously buying properties, I do expect they'll run. Yeah. Masters Ranch already said that they're opening a place in Oklahoma. So we've got to figure out where and yeah. That's really unfortunate. What did we expect, yeah. right? These exactly lesser- what we expected. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's we were we were hoping we'd have six months from the signing of this legislation to chase these guys. I really don't want to play whack-a-mole Carmen San Diego on this bitch. So it needs to be done, man. About this just popping from one place to another. It's just ridiculous. Can't get my ground out. Well, it's so much bigger than we thought. So thanks for like everyone who came to the hearing. Oh my God, the Bethesda girls, the Rebecca Holmes, Victory Christian, you know, we love Janine, but Nicole Norton came out. You guys want me to run like my one minute clips? Yeah, do it. Run minute clips. So I'm going to start chronologically. So we're going to go back to the seventies, Rebecca Holmes. I'm only going to play one minute clips because the full videos are up and whatever. We could just do this too long. But Rebecca Holmes, remember the court case, especially in Texas, Supreme Court case, where uh, they had 16 Rebecca Holmes girls testify in Texas. They were duct taped naked to pipes, beaten with paddles. There's a lot of babies that were sold out of these programs. And Lester Roloff, again, reminder, is the reason that in Texas, as well as other states, we have these religious exemptions where CPS isn't allowed, no investigation, blah, 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 blah. But let's uh let's pull up Barbara. Let me see if I can screen share. Technology. <laughs> we were given a chemical that stopped our monthlies. And we suffered many issues, female issues, many children. I had no period the whole time I was there three years. But don't get me wrong, babies were born and they were illegal adoptions. And I do have that under own words and testimony. Over a hundred babies. No paperwork, but there is DNA now, and DNA has proved our story. So, um, I don't actually remember getting my period in my program. A lot of girls at Circle of Hope lost theirs and didn't get theirs the whole time. Didn't have my period for four years. Yeah. (laughs) Was it, I thought, I just assumed it was stress. Do you think they put chemicals in our shit too? Some girls did get the periods. I think it was stress for us, at least for the girls at Circle of Hope. Definitely stress for us because, yeah, I don't think they did. Some girls did get their period, but like Maggie didn't, Ashley or Nano, a couple of girls didn't. Like Chanel said, she didn't either. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember because we had to like get everything at a commissary, like our face wash, our deodorant, our shit, like everyone, it was one brand, you know, like that's, when I had to start yeah. the Aussie and the Noxima. So the smell of that Noxima stuff, I'm like, ah, um, <laughs> but I never, I don't even remember there being tampons and pads. I'll have to ask some of my sisters from FFS, but I don't remember. They certainly wouldn't have let us have tampons. Oh, no, cause God. you can masturbate. With them. <laughs> she started talking about masturbation. So like the good Lord fucked up her internet connection. Did you see that? Chanel? <laughs> 
know that. Oh shit. <laughs> Master. Is it back or no? No, you can call it now. Paul. Oh, speaking of the good Lord, uh, we can't veer to Amanda Householder's estate in us yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. So M Adams, I'm obsessed with M and the Bethesda girls. Absolutely obsessed. So M's from the eighties. Hold on. I did have a cute up moment, but apparently the right? has ruined that for me. I love her so much. So much. This is from Mardell Lister. She was there in 1983 when she got there. They made her drink a big glass of Epsom salts and she was pregnant. Then um, when she started cramping, they made her put on a Kotex with one of the old sky beds. Then they made her start scrubbing the hall and she miscarried. And she was scared. And she didn't know what to do. So she wrapped her baby in a newspaper. And she threw her in the trash. And then she got back to scrubbing the floor. Fuck, man. Jesus. Tears my eyes, mate. (laughs) Jesus. It's so fucking horrible. So we have unwed mothers having their babies sold against their will. And we also have forced miscarriages from the evangelical, like pro-life world. Yeah. Yeah. Every baby matters, apparently, unless you're in one of these schools. And it's about kids once they're born anyways. So we all know that. So. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something, Chanel? I'm just, uh, that video, I remember watching it, I was crying all the way for it, basically. When it was <laughs> happening, I was, like, I was on the farm, and it was, like, I was watching it, and I was, like, literally just, like, banshee whale heaving. It was, you know, especially when Nicole went up there to support her, you know, that's what we need. They're <laughs> heroes. In case anyone thinks that this selling babies or forced miscarriages is something that stopped happening in the 80s, I've spoken with multiple people that were in programs in the 2000s, like my time, whose children were stolen from them and sold, as well as have their baby beaten out of them. Yeah. So not a new thing, not an old thing. Uh, The mother and baby home, all this unwed mother shit is just incredible. Oh, we should we should have opinions on that. (laughs) Single mom in the house. (laughs) Can you imagine protecting the generation and look what happens? You know what I mean? It's just disgusting. Made a fag. The hypocrisy of this like false moral shit. Yeah. Nicole's the 90s, so we're going through three decades. And this is Victory Christian Academy. So if people aren't familiar with Victory, which then became Lighthouse, check out Janine Miller's Pieces of Victory show on YouTube and learn all about it. Learn all about this Lester Roloff branch. We were starved. If you came in and you were a heavy girl like me, I weighed 180 pounds roughly when I got there. After seven months, I left there weighing 110. Uh, I was put on quarter rations, and there were other girls there who were extremely skinny. 
and they would put on double food trays. And if they threw up, it was saved for them, and it was covered with plastic and served for them for the next days in a row until they ate their own vomit. Um, the worst experience for me, um, I did not go with the flow of the program. I did not believe in their religion. I didn't think I needed to be there because I was an honor student and taking college prep classes in high school. When I got to this place, they literally had me doing schoolwork where I was doing ABC and adding one plus one. I received no school credits for it. I had to go to summer school and night school to catch up with my class and graduate only time in here I was supposed to. Um, because I did not go to flow of the program and I was boisterous about it. Um, the helpers and staff decided that I needed to be silenced. What that means is Miss Betty, one of the staff members, came and she put duct tape right here over my mouth. She had all the other girls in the big circle in the community room. It was announced that I was to be silenced for seven days. The duct tape only came off for meals and showers. And I could not speak, I could not write, I could not communicate in any way. And it brought me to my lowest point, and I wanted to commit suicide. I was looking for anything and everything that I could make myself with. But the thing is, is the brainwashed girls are everywhere throughout the facility, and I mean, they see something like you sneeze, and they don't like the way you sneeze. You got in trouble. If you bit your nail, that could be a beating. Um. <clears throat> A couple things about that. One, I just get thrilled and I'm so glad M brought it up too when people bring up the vomit eating because, you know, uh, like I nothing about the tuna for me, babes. But um, like sometimes I genuinely think I made it up. Like I know kids were forced to eat vomit at my school. Like we all knew that, like we all saw it. But like sometimes I'm like, did I just throw up in my mouth? Like maybe it wasn't so bad, you know, but then I remember very vividly taking this week old soggy lettuce and wrapping my tuna and vomit in it. So I could like put, you know, and just swallow. And I remember everybody, you know, but I'm like, maybe I just made that shit up, you know, like maybe I just wanted it to be about me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) No, but there's too many schools that do that for you to have made it up. Like Circle of Hope did it as well. So it's like, there's, I know I was on that survivor support group, I think in November when I checked that out and um, none of the kids, none of the younger kids in the, in that group, like had that they didn't even, they weren't even forced to eat everything on their plate, you know, and have it saved just that alone eating a week old uh, lump of anything is disgusting. Like when it's liquidy and moldy, come on, you guys. And these are kids fish, fish a week old. Fish. But then, mm-hmm. but then when, when they, the first thing they changed about our food was because a kid ran away and got before a judge and which never happens. And he could, everyone's dream, right. Is to like find the right cop. That'll like send you to a judge for some reason. And he complained that he ran away because for he'd been on a 30 day of Mapo soy soy, which at my school, the soy sandwiches were in English muffins and they were frozen. So the muffin was frozen and the soy burger 
was frozen and you had to eat it, which let me just say though, too, I was mad at this kid because the judge forced the family school to heat up the things from then on. They said that you couldn't serve it to kids frozen. And uh, it was absolutely disgusting microwaved for 30 seconds. So like Miranda definitely was always like, I will take it frozen every day. But it just blew my mind that this judge is like, oh, warm up the soy burgers when it's like, but what about eating my vomit though? Like, (laughs) can we talk about that? Yeah. But the food stuff. Yeah. Speaking of the hate, I love how many fucking stupid ass trolls on the internet were like, sign me up for that diet. Uh. They couldn't, honestly, that's the thing. They could not last a day in what we went through. Like, not a day. Like, we could barely even last it. But these uh-huh. people think they're all big and bad saying that shit. And it's like, really? Why don't you just try it? It's like when you say that, like, that. oh, I wouldn't have taken no shit from no one. I wouldn't have let them bully me around. I would have punched them in the face. Yeah. I would like <laughs> you to try that. Yes. I would have loved you to be in that situation right there and try and punch him in the face when he's up against you. You know what I mean? Oh. And you have nowhere to you have nowhere to go. We're in the middle of nowhere. Remember, he would always brag about how he could kill you with his thumb. Yeah, like all he had to do was use to kill you with his thumb. So it's like, yeah, just totally. I'm just going to punch this bloke in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think when people hear about this stuff, they're like, "That's not even if." They threw me in isolation for three weeks. That's not so bad. But until you've watched a child defecate in a corner of a closet for three weeks and then watch that same, you know, really rambunctious girl come out of that closet and they're dead behind their fucking eyes. Like you don't understand how intense isolation is as an example. Yeah. We were also worked, so we were tired. We didn't have much energy, you know what I mean? There was just, like, how could you fight anyone against, like, something like that, you know what I mean? Also, he was an ex-Marine, you know what I mean? In the Vietnam War. Jesus Christ, we wouldn't mess with him, to be honest. I don't know, he wouldn't sometimes need to look at the bigger picture instead of, like, they, also, we were children. Come on. That's children. exactly it. We were children. We were smart children, though. You know, we made the choices for self-preservation and survival. And we also learned when people are like, I would run away. Okay, all of these programs are in the middle of nowhere. They're all in places with extreme winters. I watched children come back with no fucking toes from frostbite in wheelchairs. I wasn't dumb enough to go in the winter. So that's out. Okay, exactly. Right. And then they would have, and they did this with you guys with the police, right? They would have the police come do target practice at Circle of Hope just to reinforce this relationship. Well, they did that with us. And they also had, uh, we were surrounded by hunting grounds in the Catskills. And so they would have the hunters come and bring their new weapons to show us at Circle Up. And they'd be like, check out this bow and arrow thing. It goes this far and it won't kill you. It'll hurt a lot. And they'd be like, listen, kids, if we see you running, we won't know it's you. We'll think it's an animal, like it's about your safety. And then also, I mean, look at Clay. Clay, I mean, if I, so much respect, love Clay. And then Clay runs away. Clay gets sex trafficked for God knows how long. And then by the time Clay comes back, Clay's been, I mean, so everyone who came back, if they did, which most didn't, 80% of the kids never came back. It was scary. I think they only let kids come back when there was a lesson to teach the other kids. 
other words, they threw them in isolation for a couple months after they got back. And then they'd have a big topic and then they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm ready to work the program. And we'd all be like, Ooh, don't run away. Don't run away. They're probably all dead, except for these guys who lost their minds. Took me four years to actually run away. You know what I mean? So I ran away a couple of months after opening. (laughs) I ran in the summer as well. It was about April time. So it was actually all right, to be honest. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It was definitely warm when we ran away. So, but we had the same thing. They would tell us the same thing about hunting around our area. Yeah, all of that shit. Yeah. So us rational kids are like, I'm not going to die for this. And for me, my main thing was I had an out date. I was very lucky. I went in at 17. If I'd been sent in at 13 or 14, oh, it would have been a different game plan altogether. I would have probably been trying to get myself into the juvenile system to get sent somewhere else. But I didn't want to screw up getting mandated there. And uh, at least from what I was told and saw, a lot of people stayed after they became adults. And I was told it was because they were mandated by courts. And since I was sent as a chronic runaway, they said if I ran away that I could be mandated until I was 21. And so as a 17 year old <laughs> whose birthday is in like 10 months. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll walk on my birthday. Exactly. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> Thanks. Uh So, yeah, I don't think anyone's running away or fighting back. And we all saw what happened when they did. Colton got drugged back after he ran away. So. Yeah. Yeah, Anyone who got caught by the cops, they either dragged you back to teach the other kids that you would never get away or they sent you to wilderness or a lockup or something. Or a worse place. Yeah. Yeah. Usually a worse place. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always a worse place. I think that's why our trauma is like, it wasn't so bad. Well, that's, yeah, but see, like, at the first time in Florida, there was this place called Camp Tracy that if you ran away, that's where you'd be sent to, and they would talk about how they would chain you to the bed and then, like, beat you. Well, Circle of Hope was pretty bad like that. I mean, we didn't get chained to a bed and beaten, but we were fucking restrained and shit like that. We were threatened with a lawn and then a wilderness in Utah. I, I didn't get threatened. I try, I was like, I'll do wilderness. That's, I love to camp. <laughs> I'm a camper. Let's do it. I'm really yeah. glad I didn't because it would have ruined. Yeah, I'm like, you would learn how to like light a fire and then probably never want to light a fire in nature again. I'm really glad I didn't get traumatized out of my relationship with nature. That would have been like spiritual abuse for me personally. Oh, God. Yeah. I love nature as well. No, I wouldn't like that at all, to be honest. No. But, you know, from the outside, wilderness therapy looks like the nicest way to go about this it's just forced camping right like <laughs> i just never send my child to something that's like outdoors because i know weather i'm like there's and then the animals i'm like no mm-mm. well there's a huge difference between a kid being like i want to go on outward bound or climb mount kilimanjaro and forcing them you know to like live under a tarp in a hurricane for months for years and during the fucking weather like snowy weather too like all of this shit that's going on with now i could not imagine having no and so many kids die in wilderness so many kids like it's it's insane because i think originally i just would see the ones that died from brutality um or suicide but then god the dehydration and the like natural element the asthma death 
Yeah, no, that's the part I, I, I honestly, I, I could never send my child away to something like that. And I'm glad we never went through that, but I could never even think like, oh yeah, I go camping with my kid. I can do this. No, because you're leaving them out there in other people's care for months on end. And you know, those people don't care about your kids as much as you. I just care about money. You're giving exactly. money. About money. Well, I mean, with the experiences that we've had as parents, would you, would you guys even have you, or would you send your kids to like sleepaway camp? No, my kids don't leave until they want to. (laughs) I'm the parent that volunteers to chaperone, but like has a really bad attitude about having to be at the zoo all day. But like, I, I'm not having my kid abducted. That's me. Yeah. I'll go with them, but I, not alone. No. Did you guys talk to your kids about predators yet or young? Because I definitely had some really weird. Yeah. Yeah. From a very young age, it's very appropriate for age. But the older they got, the more detail they got. So, yeah. What about you, Chanel? Yeah, I've spoken to them a bit, bits and pieces. Not lots, but I have spoken to them about it, about dangers of talking to people and stuff like that. And people shouldn't touch them appropriately and stuff like that. So, I just wonder if our hypervigilance bleeds into our parenting in that way. Cause my daughter, she's 15, of course, so has a lot to say about my failings as a parent, but her big thing is that I'm so negative. She's like, you always think the worst thing is going to happen. And I do, I jump to that person's a predator and we're being set up and we're going to be trafficked right now. So I dig it. Like she's right. I'm <laughs> paranoid as fuck. But I blame you because look at yes. the upbringing on me. We have to, it is such a cruel and fucked up world, really. So we have to, because like, we don't know what it's going to be like in 10 years' time for kids, you know what I mean, that are going in the next generation. It's such a dangerous world as it is now. What's going to happen in 10 years' time? We have to protect them from that. We have to tell them that everything is not all butterflies. Like I said earlier, butterflies, like butterflies at the moment. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not everything is like that. We've got to teach them that it's not a safe world. It's not... It's, we've seen the worst end of it, so we need to we need to protect them and tell them what it's actually really like. Were you guys both forced? Did you have body autonomy? I can't imagine that you would, Amanda. Were you like forced to hug people or kiss people or sit on people's laps that you didn't really even want yeah. to? Yeah, I don't think I was. I was just a very, as a child, I just used to talk to those random strangers all the time. My dad used to tell me that. I used to just randomly go up and hug people. But I don't know. But that's that's one thing. Whereas, like, being forced, that's another thing. So I've never been forced, but I've always been quite an open person, like, to meet new people and stuff, so... I feel like there's a lot of parents now that are really big into consent. Thank God, finally. And so I think I'm, I'm interested to see what these generations of kids who are like, no, grandma, I don't want to hug you right now. Like how that translates into their relationships as adults. I'm yeah. hoping they're less likely to be victimized. Exactly. Yeah. Or be the abuser too, because they've learned no means no. No shit. Like, how is that not firsties? All right, Dateline. You guys want to watch the trailer for the Dateline? <laughs> sure. <laughs> watch the trailer for the Dateline. Behind closed doors, they were monsters. It was my pastor and his wife that told us about Circle of Hope. 
you know, I was like, okay, this is a really good place. I'm actually going to get help here. Was your dad well suited to this kind of uh, work? It was second nature to him to just put people in their place. What was it like in there? It was hell. You were alone. It was basically, while you're in there, it's survival. It was like dog-eat-dog. If you don't fight your way to the top, it's going to come back at you. I felt like I was nothing. I felt like I was never going to be able to get out of that place. How could I do this to my child? Thinking I was helping her. It was to spare the rod, spoil the child. We have no regulations on any religious facilities in the state of Missouri. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you wrote the letter, though. <laughs> that letter is how I, um, is how I started just thinking. These girls deserve to have their complaints investigated properly. We need to let the whole United States know. Knock her out. Yes, sir. I felt like I was right back at their house. I was floored by the amount of support that was from the TikTok video. But your parents deny everything. I think we need to be patient and see where this investigation takes us. I want you to know that I see you survivor. What was it like doing the dateline? Um, it was way better than I expected, to be honest, but that was because of COVID and you couldn't have that many people there. So it was very like intimate setting and easy to talk about. It was hard next to Maggie though. Like that, I don't know. That was hard. I'm glad they got that with you though, because I think that that's the truth of it, right? The sisterhood and like what it's taken to like get this far and get the word out. I thought that was pretty powerful. Was it like Chanel to be stuck across the pond while the filming was happening? Don't even go there. You know what I mean? It's like America does not want me back. You know what I mean? I don't know why. It's just they don't want me. They just don't want me. They're blocking me on everything. I can't get onto any of them. I need a VPN. And I couldn't go to the rally. Everything. I was going to go come, but then COVID hit. So I wasn't able to get on the plane. So I wasn't able to get over there. But I think it turned out absolutely brilliant. It was an absolutely brilliant... They just went at everything. It was really emotional as well. I think they did a really good job. But yeah, thank you, America. Just to put that out there. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was like a whole thing, though, because apparently because Chanel's in another world, she couldn't watch the NBC Dateline and we were supposed to watch it together. It was the whole thing. And then when the for the testimony for the hearings, they wouldn't let Chanel onto the website for Missouri government. So we had to put it through together. Yeah. So no, you really have been like, you know, justice blocked by the USA, yeah. but you still get it. <laughs> so I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We finally got there. I got to watch the NBC through zoom. Wasn't it? Did I watch it through zoom? Did yeah. watch it through- I don't remember. Did we watch it through Zoom or did we just start playing it at the same time and we were on Facebook video call with each other like we did with Aristotle? I finally got to watch it after all that stress. I was refusing to go on Facebook because everybody had watched it. I was fuming because I was like, I can't watch it. And I finally got to. I was crying and it was upsetting, but it's all right. I'm just glad it's out there. You know what I mean? So i got to get my testimony over there that just drove me nuts i was like why can't i get onto it i should be able to get on something like that you know what i mean america wants to traumatize me for four years but then i'm not allowed to put my input on 
what's happened? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Need not apply. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what wound up on the cutting room floor after all those months of filming, you know? They did such a brilliant job. Really good job. Oh, but back to it. What they did ask you, but didn't show your answer to Amanda Householder, your father has claimed every time that he's talked about you publicly that you're a Satanist. Would you like to respond? I'm an atheist. <laughs> and I guess because I like to dress gothic, they assume I'm a Satanist, but that in fact is wrong. I had an ex boyfriend that was a Satanist, but not me. And Lucian Graves, we would like to continue the conversation at large. We've talked about you a lot. At least one of the females here, (laughs) you're super cute. So email us. We're totally down to ally with the satanic temple. Fuck off. Come on. I want to meet the devil. (laughs) If he's anything like on on Lucifer on the TV. Yeah, I'll so meet the devil. (laughs) No, now we're scaring our Christian fans. No, but Christians, I was raised Catholic and I read the Bible still. So we can have the conversation about who Hillel is, especially if you're confused by this, read Job and the sons of God came and Satan came also remember, and everything that Satan wants to do to Job, God's like, as you will. Why? Because he runs this earth. This isn't Eden. This isn't the land that Yahweh Elohim created. Read your book. (laughs) It's a good book. Read it really good story (laughs) like it's a lot of fun gotta get that like kabbalistic tree of life shit in there to understand the dimensions but you know kina malkuth like do it do the research but i'm hoping at some point we'll uh get to work with those guys that'd be a fun fucking trip be like dad you weren't wrong i'm joking (laughs) oh he would just maybe you could become some sort of like honorary cardinal in the satanic temple (laughs) And you have to use the householder name. (laughs) Oh, that would be brilliant. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And when you get like satanically baptized, you could even take your mother's name. Turley? No, I was going to say Stephanie. Like we baptize you in the satanic temple, Stephanie Householder. (laughs) Get all the SEO that she's like (laughs) satanic temple. I just, you know, I have bad ideas sometimes, but they're really good. (laughs) So feedback from Dateline has been really fun because obviously it's a skim of the top. It's not like if I wanted to stalk Amanda Householder, I couldn't listen to 30 hours of Amanda Householder, get like a a few details right. But I love like the (laughs) where is Amanda Householder article. What are some fun things you learned about yourself after you came out on Dateline, Amanda? (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently I'm the oldest of two children. I'm really the second youngest of six. So (laughs) that's a good one. I'm trying to remember the other. That one is the one that I was like stuck on. The other one is like, is Amanda Householder married? I'm like, why do you guys even care? (laughs) Like, stop. It was the number one Googled with Amanda Householder name. It was like, is Amanda Householder married? So let us know if you figured it out. (laughs) We would all love to know if Amanda Householder is married as well. That's a good question. <laughs> we haven't been able to find it online. So you guys need to let us know. <laughs> Do the research. Also, is Amanda Householder an anorexic? Oh, yeah. No, that one is so funny. They are all like, I think Amanda Householder has an eating disorder. 
no, I have IBS. <laughs> so unfortunately I can't keep my food in. So not, not by will. And I eat a shit ton of food, but it always never sticks. So yes. Amanda Householder is a naturally thin woman. <laughs> not, we're not arguing that she, we, she would like to have a little bit more weight on her, oh, bones, but exactly. It's not for lack of trying. I have IBS too. You know, it, it gets to the point where people are like, oh my God, you got so thin. And it's like, yeah, because like my asshole is trying to exactly. score. I, I don't know when my uterus is going to fall out as like collateral damage. Exactly. I'll get health insurance before I die from this. Thanks for us. Thanks. I'm thin. You can see my bones now. Great. <laughs> Also, we fully support people with eating disorders. Obviously, eating disorders is actually a very common symptom of these programs because they use food in like a really creepy weaponized way. And so also like if you're on the Internet being like so and so has an eating like you should probably check yourself because if they do like what is the purpose of your comment other than to harm someone? Well, the thing is, like, if I did, like, even Circle of Hope girls were starved, but I was literally starved as a child, like, from the age eight, like, on as a punishment. Like, I would go to bed days without eating. So it's like, my mom told my grandma, she's like, I think Amanda has an eating disorder when she kicked me out. And it's like, well, if I did, which clearly I didn't, because my grandma would take me out to eat wherever I wanted, and I would eat everything. But it was like, if I did, grandma, it's like, seriously, wouldn't it be her fault? Like, I clearly don't. I eat a shit ton of food. But it's like, it's your fault. If I did, like you literally withheld food from me as a punishment for my child, like as an, a child. And it's like, you want to say I have an eating disorder? Like, hmm. Yeah. Do I? I eat standing up or pacing. I can't, I, I don't do sit down dinners anymore. I grew up in a house where we had every meal together, but my daughter has not because of this. Uh, and I could not be more uncomfortable going to a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. I would prefer to show up after the meal. Like I don't want to sit and eat around people like <laughs> don't want to do it. And there's pooping ish. I mean, these are all sorts of things. Um, I'm horrified with what happened with Nicole and the other heavier girls in my program too, being starved because they're not thin uh, for teenage people who are still developing is horrifying. I mean, Meredith and others from my program have spoken on the podcast about hoarding mayonnaise packets to get enough calories. So they weren't passing out, you know, during work labor and things like that. It happened to me. I think I lost about 50, 60 pounds at Circle of Hope because they thought um, I was overweight for my height because we used to get weighed every morning. So I used to get half portions and have to drink three glasses of water before each meal. They weighed you guys every morning. They were keeping a daily log. Yeah. Yeah. We had a log and they would do the BMI and everything, like all of it. Yeah. What would happen every time you poop? Did they, they didn't weigh your poop, right? No, no, they didn't weigh the poop, but they would log it. Yeah. They'll log everything. The urinate or bowel movement. What would happen if you guys came up with a weight that they weren't expecting? They would put you on half portions or double portions, depending on what it was. And if you didn't poop for like three days, they would put you on milk and magnesia and stuff like that. It's horrifying. As someone with IBS minimum, because insurance isn't a thing. So maybe we have Crohn's now. I don't know. Anything like a, that, like, a, is that a diuretic? I don't know. That sounds really dangerous. 
the, the dangerous thing is they, she would make them drink. She as my mom would make them drink a lot of it. And magnesium is not good for you. If you, you can poison, you can OD on that or you can be poisoned by it or something like that. It's not good. If you, I'm sure it was safe though, Amanda, cause your mom's a nurse. Oh, I know she's not a nurse. <laughs> That's the <laughs> other thing. Like, no, she was never a nurse. Like the person there's a Stephanie Ann householder in Missouri that is a nurse and she got her, her Missouri nursing license in 1996. Well, 1996 is the year my dad's dad died and we were in Virginia. And the year before that, we were in Florida. My mom did not somehow travel to Missouri and get her medical license in 1996. That's not, no. I wish there were laws about that. Like one would imagine that lying about a medical certificate would matter. I, but you know, the programs aren't under regulation. So I guess they can't be held accountable for any of these dishonesties at this point. Well, they are being sued. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully something like that will like, uh, hopefully the lawsuit they win, obviously we know they're going to win, but, and then like, I hope with the attorney general's office investigating it, I hope that's one of the charges. I hope because isn't it against the law to impersonate a medical person? I don't know. That sounds legit. Like I, I wouldn't imagine that you can do that. Yeah. But I do love, yeah. Speaking of them winning, it shouldn't be too hard when your mother's going and like, wasn't it the Kansas city star and being like, well, yes, he had sex with her, but she was 17 and she wanted it. Yeah. She basically was like, but it was consensual when she first stated, or she was 17 when she first stated it and said it was consensual. So like now you guys want me to believe it was rape or something like that. And I was just like, even if she was 17 and it was consensual, like she was a minor and your husband was in a position of fucking power. Also, if anybody hasn't seen a picture of Boyd Householder, um, it's a wonder his daughter's so gorgeous and he was like <laughs> 60 something at the time. So no, she didn't, she didn't want it. No, no, not at all. And that's your husband. Like I'd be like m- my response to my husband having sex with a 17 year old in our care wouldn't be, Oh, it's, it was legal. Yeah, no, I would be appalled. I would, I would leave the person obviously, but I like, no, her response was horrible. Oh yeah. I can't even, she even think that she made that comment. I mean, it's disgusting. Like what? I would beat the shit out of him. I wouldn't. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, it's just frustrating. It's like they're trying all these little white lies to get themselves out of it. And it's like, you guys are making it worse for yourself. Like, are you, are you even thinking before you speak? And like the funny part is, well, not funny, but ironic part is if we were at circle of hope and we were caught lying, what we would get, how we, how much trouble we would be in. You'd be knocked to shirt level. I would be fucking beaten. My mouth would probably be washed out with soap or something like it, it, it would not be, it would not be okay. But here we are 15 years later and they're literally trying their artist to lie and get out of this. And it's like, your lies aren't even good. Like you literally are digging yourself a, a worse hole. You just like, confirmed that the sexual act happened yeah. in a newspaper. It doesn't matter what your excuse was. You are going to court with this person. Why are you? And they have lawyers. Where are their lawyers? Well, they fired Kirksky or some, somehow Kirksky is no longer their lawyer and they have a new lawyer. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why they've been silent. Their lawyer was like, and you need to shut the fuck up and stop responding because you just confirmed 
that sex happened in a rape case. Yeah. Your best bet was she's well, they lying. Did, they did send a letter to NBC and um, NBC put it up on the on the dateline thing. And it's it's actually pretty interesting because in the letter they're like, um, we love our daughter Amanda. Um but she's a, a hater of Christianity, which is funny. I don't hate Christianity. I just don't believe in Christianity, but whatever. And then they're all like, oh, we've been estranged from her since 2014. And I'm like, no, we've been estranged from each other since 2016. It was not 2014. It was 2016. And the last message I got from my, my mom, it was after my dad's brother died. She messaged me because it was during the time that I was contacting Dr. Phil to do the episode. The last thing she texted me was, I'm so pissed at you because obviously I was going public or trying to go public with it. And it's like, no, we were talking in 2015 and 2016. You just didn't know that I was working against you guys. And so I was getting a lot of info from them during that time, but it's just, it's funny to me. I'm like, oh, you want to lie about that shit too? Well, there's just a lack of the, the ability to be honest. And what I do really, I'm really thankful to your parents and to Agape about is that their like egos are so big and their self-awareness is so small that they just constantly confirm what we accuse them of but not real, like they just don't even hear themselves. And it's just absolutely magical because we're, we screenshot everything. We save everything, run it by a lawyer. You pay lawyers, run it by a fucking lawyer. You're, this is your only free legal advice for me. Stop responding <laughs> to us. Every time you respond to us, our lawyers are like, yes, thank you. So they, you know, and then I will well, follow you- up with, please respond to us. You remember after the rally in November and Agape went on and did that whole fucking YouTube thing. Well, they have yet to respond to the dateline. I have not seen them post anything. So I think they've learned pretty quickly too. Their lawyers (laughs) are better lawyers because they've got the whole, that bigger IFB, probably the, like a lot of money behind the lawyers Agape has. Yeah. I loved it. We were driving back and I was the only driver driving back from Missouri and Kaylee uh, is in the backseat of the car and she's like, oh, Agape responded. And I'm like, no, they didn't read it. I was like, read it to me while I'm driving. She's like, it's a lot. <laughs> it was like 10 pages of response and all lies. I mean, they, they do this thing that I learned as a little Catholic girl for good lies, good lies, put, put a nice foundation of truth there. And then just change some of the stuff. And so they did a nice foundation of truth, but then they just, you know, they said the Kansas city star never reached out to them for a comment, but there's a paper trail for that. So like that was dumb. That was dumb. (laughs) And then they were like, yeah, we do like use restraints and yeah, we do use isolation. And yeah, we put guys on the wall to memorize Bible verses. Like it's not bad. It's like, it's not good. It's not good. It doesn't look good for you, sir. Cause you're not talking about a kid standing in the corner and time out for 30 minutes or an hour. Even you're talking about like weeks or months, months. Yeah. It's a little much. Well, then that whole YouTube video after that, where they were all like bragging about it on fucking video as a, like, what was it? A, not a memory, but like something to congratulate Jim Clemenson or whatever. 
Oh and they put God. like their whole fucking history up there. And it's like, you guys are really that narcissistic. And what you're talking about is super abusive. And how you're talking about it is super abusive. Like how fucking narcissistic are you guys? Like really? Yeah. As an example. And if I'm not too lazy, I'll insert the audio for the podcast, but I don't have it on the computer. A couple of my favorite clips that Miranda screen recorded from this live feed when they were talking about, it was the Washington, right? Going from California to Washington, they got this air force and this is them live on YouTube telling all, and we're just all sitting there screen recording this bitch. Like I'll save it. It's like three hours of I'll save this. Thank you. One of of the first times when I was just like, take me home. I can't watch TV and smoke pot with you guys tonight. I have to watch this dumb fucking thing all night. Some screen recording was a, when they moved there and they got an air force base, it's the middle of winter. There's snow on the ground in Washington fucking state. That's like Canada. Okay. It's like Canada and there's no heat. There's no electricity. There's no running water. And they literally like the woman is like, I took, I cried and I told her my children aren't going to stay in this. And then we all had to stay in a bed together to survive the night. And then he literally makes the comment. I don't know what the boys did. I, I'm, I guess I, it's, I don't know how they made it through the night. And then he's like, we were so excited the next day. We're just running around this air thing. I don't know where the boys were. Blah. If the boys ran to the road, they'd be dead. Blah. And then like talking about all the free child labor with the kids. Incredible. It was, and then they, they talked about that pedophile that they were BFFs with in California. And again, reaffirmed what a great guy. This guy is that you can just Google all of the fucking court shit from his pedophilia jack they're me- i love them yeah but yeah i was hoping that they wouldn't realize like i was hoping they were going to do that a lot like <laughs> a lot more yeah i was hoping that once the dateline came out but i haven't seen anything from them since the dateline came out surprisingly to be honest then they're not then they their lawyers smart enough to be like you can't respond to this shit mm-hmm. you, you just can't um oh it's sad also, oh, my other favorite thing was this was like three, wasn't it like three hours? It was like three hours or two and a half hours. Oh, that live? Yeah, it was really long because of the singing and the preaching and they had multiple people get up and speak. And and they made comments. And they didn't I, eat. Exactly. It was like 1030 at night and they hadn't fed the boys because they had to do this three hour live church thing to trigger us. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember those days being starving, like sitting in the church, just like, oh, I'm so hungry. Can we please go eat? Can we please go eat, please? <laughs> I fainted in nope. church. You got to I fainted in church once. I actually fainted. I remember that. Yeah. So in church and they took me to the back and they said it was my fault because I was locking my locking knees. Locking your knees. We got in so much trouble for that. And we were always like, constant, don't lock your knees. Don't lock your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I passed out in church. The, pa- the pastor told you guys to stop locking your knees? No, I no, said, boom, went, went on the floor. They took me to the back room and got me some water or something. And they said it was my fault. I was like, it's not my fault. It's because you're not feeding me enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that happened with kids in our choir. And I thought it was because they were dehydrated. But now I'm like, actually, it was run by like a really violent pedophile. And so it's possible that those girls were passing out just because of the stress of dealing with him. 
I don't know. I love that Dateline named Berean Baptist Church. Berean. Berean. Well, Sorry. you're Chanel Mare, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Talk about the complicit stuff with that. Like, I you can't convince me that they didn't know something was wrong with you girls. They were coercively converting you at Berean. You guys were all thin and incredibly unhappy. And no offense, you're all beautiful girls now, but you look like shit in half of the pictures I've seen of you from there. Yeah, we'll see. Like in 2008, I was staying with a lady. Her name was Julia. I forget her last name then, but it's Julia Burton now. I told her, like I stayed with her for a couple of months before I was like willing to open up and tell her. And I told her everything. And she was going to like try to convince my parents for me to go like move in with her because I was 17 or no, I was um, 16 about to turn 17 and like she could have me for a year or whatever she was going to, but then she talked to the pastor and told the pastor what I said. And basically the pastor went to my parents and I got in trouble for it. So like he knew of, he knew because I, I said something before I even left. He knew he, he was aware of at least the accusations. When we started coming forward, I started hearing more girls talk about how like they started this thing where you can get counseling from him. Some of the girls were like, Oh yeah, I can go talk to him about it. But then when they would go get counseling from him they would he would either straight up like say that you know I'm not going to believe you or whatever or what you're getting is like what you deserve or whatever or my dad would be in the room with them so there was no way for them to even yeah it's just well just a reiteration people have been reporting circle of hope since it opened yeah you know it's not like people weren't reporting again reminder the sheriffs work at agape they're friends with circle of hope like None of this was going to get out, but I really feel like Berean Baptist Church needs to make a comment like they need to address this. They're complicit and culpable as far as I'm concerned. So if they're real Christians and what I mean by that is you follow Mr. Sandals, hang out with the prostitutes and the lepers socialist, then uh I think they need to speak up about this because these children are being abused in their congregation. I mean, what kind of effect does that have on other kids that are in the congregation? Like that are the girls peers. No, we weren't even allowed to look at the boys or anything. We weren't allowed to talk. We used to go to the, that Bible Sunday school, that Bible for the teenagers. We weren't allowed to talk to nobody. They knew there was something going on. They must have done. And I remember, didn't, you, didn't your dad used to go off and talk to Pastor Abels on the Sunday? He used to go off and talk to him privately. Yeah. I remember he was the head security guard for the church on top of that too. So like yeah. him and Brother Abels were really good friends. And he basically trained most of the men in the church how to carry a gun and he gave them their gun license and they would all have guns at church. And my dad carried a gun at church and all that stuff on top of that too. So mm. Pastor Abel sent somebody there. She sent a few people his there. Daughter, his own yeah. daughter went into Circle of Hope. She wants to make sure. So his daughter must have said something to him when she came back or whenever. She must well, have said something. She was only there for a week. So like the amount of time she was there was probably like, I don't know. I wasn't there for that time, but you can only imagine how they treated her. Why was she only there for a week? Because she was going to a different place in Mississippi. And so she was just put there until she went to the place in Mississippi, which was eventually shut down. And the girls, the girls got sent to Circle of Hope. Some of the girls got sent to Circle of Hope from that school. He must have known. There must have been... 
Was what? Yeah, must have been. He was. There's no way he didn't know. There's no way he did not know. And he's still the pastor at Berean. Yeah, they were afraid of a church split, so they kicked my dad out. My parents out of the church. So. So you know, uh, grew up in the Catholic Church, so definitely knew all about this, but. It's like, I don't understand how like kicking out the bad seed is doing the right thing. I, especially when we're talking about sexual assault or physical assault of children, doing the right things is still holding them accountable. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we were preached to almost every Sunday being held accountable. And no, they don't want to do that. They're fucking cowards. Yep. So. The hypocrisy is like the most honest that they ever get about anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another thing I want to make sure we touch on, um, because I think this is a really interesting element that just gets lost in translation, but using the children as slave labor, um, trafficking them off site. Cause I know like everybody knows that the kids in these programs, we build the barns, we build our own dorms, you know, we do all the manual labor around these giant campuses, but at circle of hope, as well as programs all over the country, they're actually like taking you off site, off property to do manual labor, other work at other places. Right. Yeah. There was one. So I actually forgot about the um, exotic zoo that was down the road from my parents that the girls went and worked at. And then there was another farmer that they would go buck hay for. And Maggie actually broke her back there. She has broken disc in her back, basically from falling off the hay there. And then there was that lady, that there was one lady's house that we would go pick cucumbers at all the time. <laughs> so stupid. Cause then we would have to make dinner with those stupid cucumbers and cucumbers and strawberries were one thing that we all, like always had always fucking had. And that was always fun trying to figure out what to fucking make. <laughs> and then the Amish. So. And then we also had an ice storm. We helped some guy on a farm. I don't know if it was the same one that we used to hang back, back, like the hail bucket. Was it the same guy? No, that was the vet. Um, there's, I don't think he's a vet anymore in stock. I'm trying to remember his name, but he was the vet that Agape would take all their animals to. And so the ice storm came through and we had to go clear off his property at one point. Okay. So you guys were just helping out the vet. The vet wasn't employing the children. Well, for him. Yeah. But Agape would go over to his property all the time and work. But for some reason, the girls did this time. Oh, okay. So Amanda put up a GoFundMe for Mags. She's got two vertebrae that got crushed. You guys, what is hay bucking? It's where you, um, so you've got your hay laid out. So it's, um, it's been put in the, like the hay or bales. They're lined up and then you, there's two girls on the trailer and there's girls on the floor and they pick it up. And then they put it on the trailer. Then we've got to stack it like uh, like dominoes on the trailer. We're picking up a hay bale at like 13, between 13 and 18. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's quite heavy. And so Maggie actually fell and was never taken to the doctor. So two of her vertebrae have been crumbling. She's been in chronic pain for years. And, you know... Amanda and myself uh, until recently, she just recently, I think got signed up for health insurance, but I still don't have any. So Maggie actually does have health insurance, but because of the magic of the U S health system, even though she has two completely crumbling vertebrae and has been in chronic pain since she was a teenager, her medical insurance doesn't think it's necessary to perform surgery. 
Yeah, yeah, she needs an MRI, MRI scan. They said they'll pay for the surgery, I think it was. And then if it's MRI proven, scan. yeah, if it's yeah. proven it's necessary. So we're trying to raise money for the MRI so that we can convince her insurance that it's necessary to do the surgery, you know, because the surgery would be incredibly expensive if they won't pay for it. But so definitely check this out. Broken circle, broken bat. Amanda Householder set up the fundraiser so it's not some rando. You can trust us. We raised $80. Our goal is of 2000 to get the tests for Maggie necessary to convince her insurance that she actually has a broken enough back to fix. It's just bless her, man, because like you need your back for everything. When I slipped a disc in my back, I couldn't even brush my hair. You know what I mean? You need it. And like, they're not trying to, like, I just don't understand why they can't help her out. Like, she, you need your back. You need it. Something needs to be done. You need to try and raise it. And this isn't a one-off with Maggie. Like how many people are we hearing from, not just from Agape and Circle of Hope, but that are put in these positions where they're doing heavy manual labor as kids and they injure, they get injured and nobody gets them medical attention because they don't want to get in trouble. So yes, please support us supporting our sister Maggie. We need to get her this MRI to convince the insurance moguls that her back is worth fixing. Also, uh, HB 557 and 560 that we showed you or you listened to some testimony from the hearing, we still actually need that legislation to pass. I think something that's like the most frustrating for me is that every step when we get like a little bit closer, like when Rachel got out or when the school got raided or when charges were pressed, people just like cheered and then like demotivated. We're not done. We're not even done with Circle of Hope yet. And so like we need people to like, please, please. When there's a new testimony link, make sure that you guys submit your testimony in support of these legislations. And what are like some other ways that people can activate and support the legislation and everything happened in Missouri? Well, I think they can email Carrie Engel to let them know that they support her or they support the bill. Just following our story, basically, making sure that we're actually done when we're done rather than when you think. <laughs> it's a long process yeah and we absolutely need this legislation to move forward and none of these justice things are super quick no this is the most important part is the the legislator the legislators bit that's the most important part yeah we've got circle of hope shut down yeah we're on social media but that's what we need to protect the future children you know what I mean? So that's what the big main part is. We haven't, it's not, it hasn't stopped here just because Circle of Hope is shut. And we need yeah. to, we need to get it. Yeah, okay, some people might not like writing things out, but you writing out that paragraph can save children, you know what I mean? So that are going through the situation that we, we, we went through. And that's the whole purpose why we've done this, is to help so nobody, no children has to go through the abuse that we went through. Exactly. None of us wanted, at least the three of out of the three of us wanted to put our faces on the internet and tell everybody about all the horrible things that we saw or we did or happened to us. We're doing all this so that we can actually make genuine fundamental systemic change. The podcast is a means to an end. Our fucking TikToks. Come on. You know, like we we're we don't make money in the creator fund. We're super shadow bands. We're not getting book deals out of this. It's not fun to talk about your fucking trauma all the time. You saw how Amanda and Chanel reacted to me bringing up vomit eating. Like 
this is like real stuff. It's not like, you know, we giggle about it because trauma giggles are, you know, part of who we are and how we survive. (laughs) And thank you for everyone being there and celebrating each milestone. But if anything, every little bit of traction should motivate you to get like more proactive and more involved instead of being like, okay, the girls are good because the girls ain't good. Girls ain't close to good. We're not good. We're not good yet. Thank you. Well, Agape's still going, Master Ranch, Wings of Faith, Legacy. And that's why we need the bill to pass in Missouri so these schools stop abusing kids. Yeah, and we need to repeal religious exemptions everywhere. Um, uh, And again, Amanda is not anti-Christianity. You can hear her spiels on her respective religious freedom and choice. I might be a little bit more of a bitch about it because I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, raised by nuns. And I don't hate Catholicism, but I definitely get to fucking have an opinion about it, especially since I've read the Bible. I was an altar server. I taught CCD and Bible study. And so I am definitely going to talk about more than just Leviathan and how dragons are absolutely fucking real. Again, Job is a really good book. Like that's one of my favorites. favorites. Traumatized me as a kid. So this isn't about the religious freedom. And if you're a Christian, if you're If you believe in a God that is love and not some sort of fearful demon masquerading, then it should be absolutely priority uh, for Christians, especially Baptists, especially someone who falls into this world to be really loud and very clear that abusing children is not welcome in your church. Duh. If you're covering up for pedophiles and child abusers, what does that say about your religion and who you're serving as God? A lot of y'all are Satanists. It's just not us. (laughs) Well, I'd rather be a Satanist than what they preach. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd rather sit down with Hillel than pretend he's a Satan, you know, an adversary. He's the prodigal son. And also, because we're just, was he wrong? I mean, like, look at how much humans have shit on everything that God gave them. I'd be pretty pissed too if, like, I'm the elder child And I don't get like free will or whatever that was supposed to mean. And then like my little sibling comes around and, you know, they're drug addicts and rapists and pedophiles and shit on everything. And daddy's like, it's okay. Like, I love you. You're perfect. And they're like, what? (laughs) I feel like that's very much. He's like, they don't love you. They're, they're pieces of shit. He's right. We're, we're pieces of shit. So let's stop proving Satan right and stop (laughs) abusing children in the name of God. Mm, Heavy, heavy broke this levy. So thank you for sitting through this and walking this with us. Please rate and write a review for the podcast, especially on iTunes, so others can find us. Connect with us on social media at Talk Troubled, our website, talktroubled.org. We would love your proactive support and participation. We're not celebrities. We're not hard to reach. We're just real-life grassroots advocates that desperately, desperately need you. So thank you.